0: We apologize for this brief interruption in the show. As many of you likely know, the Higher Standard Podcast is officially sponsored by Transcend Company. Transcend has been my longtime provider for both testosterone and peptide therapies. But they offer so much more. Whether you're interested in health, wellness, or longevity, it all begins with you getting your blood work done. A lab draw will help you get the numbers and establish your baseline. You can go to TranscendCompany.com THSP. That's TranscendCompany.com THSP. Or you can click the link in the show notes on any streaming platform and on YouTube. Fill out your information and one of the representatives will contact you to get your journey started today. Now back to the show. It's psychological. It's not psychological. Oh, you think I'm dying? No, I just think there's a lot in your subconscious, your psyche. What is it? That is coming out. Tell me. Like what? You know me. I do know you. Um... I think you have, you struggle with imposter syndrome. I do. And I think at times you you just gotta be a peacock. <laughs> <laughs> you know? You gotta let those feathers shine. I get you. Shit, we're recording. <laughs> oh
1: dude. God no, damn
0: it, no man. Heads, no heads up, nothing. <laughs> just fucking live. We need a light bulb in here or some like shit. On air button or something. Yeah, something. <laughs> yeah, it's the good. timer is on air. Bro, you know how many times you push that timer? And I literally really
2: said three, two, and then I shut the fuck I gotta up. I got to be honest. Then- I,
0: I tune you out naturally now. Naturally? Yeah. Why? Because half the time he says mean shit to me, dude. That's Christopher. No, no. no. We get in the podcast, and this guy's like, hey, hey.
1: <laughs> That's the-
0: Bro, you <laughs> got to stop muting this shit, because here's what happens. He <laughs> can't, do- we can't be doing that shit. So I get in the post-production, and you mute a mic, and I think something's broken. That's true. And it's because of those weird pauses in the, in the waveforms. Anyway, like I was saying- before he got sensitive about being the aggressor <laughs> and being called out for it, bro, we get on the show and he acts like he's, he's trying everything to stop this he's coming dig out. He's big dicking the <laughs> yeah. shit out of you right now. He tries everything he can on the show to be like, oh, I'm innocent. No, I don't bro. I Listen. He's by far and away the most aggressive one of us.
1: I've, I'm glad that the reviews has, have stopped on calling either me out as the villain, as you are the villain, as, or him as the villain. We're all the villain.
0: Bro, what are you doing back there? I can hear you heavy breathing. Are you okay?
2: I am not heavy breathing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't talk about You heard it. <laughs> you heard My it. monster turned into an icy, so I'm breathing into it.
1: It's <laughs> a monster. What are we doing here? We just had a meeting with our boy Hayden. Yeah, we did. Shout out to Hayden. Um, We got a new editor on the team. Hope you guys like the content that he's going to be putting out for us. Rock star of a guy.
0: Why are you looking at me? There's cameras. He can see you. What
2: well, you want me to look at? Hey, look he's at him? he's literally going to be watching this whenever he look does at him this, in is, his deep yo, in his optics. Yo, blow my kiss. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we've also decided on a couple format changes, which will impact you, the listener. And for that, Ooh. Uh, we uh, we struggled a lot. Uh, it was a decision that was not made easily for us. For the Last. Two years, this show uh, went from being recorded, what was in my garage at the time, went from uh, me to Saeed and I, and uh, to Arun, Saeed and I, and now to Hayden, Saeed and I. And uh, it's changed a lot. And every change has brought um, a healthy degree of concern, I think. Fair to say? Fair. You want to grow, but you want to grow and produce quality content. You want to bring on sponsors But you want to convey a message that's ethical and responsible and something that you can kind of align with. Um, You want to continue to improve and do things. But sometimes when you're putting out a show that's on a streaming platform and on a video platform, the things that make you grow may not help on one platform versus the other. Yes. It certainly is a much more complex and dynamic business than I ever really gave credit for before jumping in. But I think we've all learned a lot. So uh, one of the things that we are very much considering, and I think we made the decision final today, was that we would go down to one show a week from the current two shows a week. With a caveat, however. So we're going to record shows, I think it sounds like on Monday nights, which will be pushed out on the following Tuesday night. Right? Not the next day. The, not the next uh, day. The next a, a day, week yeah, and oh, one day later. Yes. Uh, and that will give us... A large amount of time for production uh, allow us to produce more reels and short-form video comment to push out on the platforms for marketing purposes. Uh, it'll give us uh, a more in-depth opportunity to really look at the content and the data that comes to you, a lot of this financial data. We know you're not tuning in for news. We know you're tuning in to get our take on things. And sometimes having a little more data, a little more time to go over uh, that take and give you some historical context might actually prove to be valuable. Absolutely. Plus, I was talking to, uh, and I'll name him, Andy Frazella, um, who may, many of you probably know is having a, a, one of the best business podcasts in the world. He's consistently top five. And uh, some of his feedback kind of resonated with us on how to grow our platform. We also spoke to Adam, obviously, and Sal, Mind Pump guys, on, on their input. And we decided that, you know what? Let's give a solid quarter, a three-month try
2: mm-hmm.
0: of putting out one recorded show a week the Tuesday episode, which gives everybody ample time. And let's see how we can throw in additional content when and where applicable. Like, obviously, if there's a Fed meeting or there's a Fed rate cut, we can drop into an extra show for a Friday release, which is something that you're kind of used to at this point. But it'll allow us to to use Friday to be a little bit more, I guess, responsive. And it'll also allow us to bring on guests and fill the gaps a little bit so where there's not a lot of data coming out certain weeks, we can actually drop a guest episode
1: and, and to free up some time for Chris to make appearances on other podcasts
0: and have, yeah, more people come on our show, which it's, it's honestly the weight of, of the production has taken a bit of a toll, I mm-hmm. think uh, on everybody. Not to say we have any, any, uh, any grand designs in canceling things or changing things or stopping the show <laughs> by no means do it. we're, we're invested personally, financially, um,
1: And I I think what we really ultimately also want to do is create some um, more strategic content for YouTube to where we're doing a deeper dive on a single topic where we break things down in layman terms to maybe appeal more to, you know, those that are within the age of, you know, 20, 18 or 18 to 35, where you're really in your money making years and, you know, teach some valuable lessons. I feel like this one's really dark and ominous. Like, we sound sad. No, I feel like, do we sound sad. No, not at all. I no, I like think of giving people a little bit of insight into, you know, the future of the show. I mean, that, that's the intent. We
2: care about quality, quality. Yes. We
1: care
0: about quality. I, I do want. I, I do think. Look, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, is literally the definition of insanity. We've done the same thing uh, for last year, and under the auspice of being consistent, we want consistency. Mm-hmm. But that same thing over the last year really hasn't grown us exponentially. It's grown us certainly, and we appreciate every single one of you that's listened to us and found us. Vis a vis, like for example, Mind Pump—that's probably the number one uh, spot people say that they started listening from—and it means a lot, especially because we know that uh, you're look. There's limited time in a day. Avid Joe, Ro- Joe Rogan listeners are well, going to Joe Rogan. As, 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 Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. Rogan. Right? Joe Rogan. Joseph yeah, yeah. Rogan. Joseph Rogan. Yeah. Ad, avid Joseph Rogan listeners are going to listen to the show consistently. They've only there's only so much time in a day. So if he puts out a three hour podcast and they're listening to an hour on the drive to work, an hour on the drive home, the next day an hour, maybe the next podcast, they're going to pop into shows like ours occasionally. And then avid higher standard podcast listeners are going to listen to an episode for an hour on Monday, I'm sorry, an hour on Tuesday, an hour on Friday. And they're going to pop into Joe Rogan from time to time. And that's just kind of the way podcasting works. Right. Where you're going to have your show and then other shows you pop into. What we'd like to do is appeal to a wider audience, not overwhelming you with content. Number one, number two, the content we're giving you is better. And number three, allowing us the opportunity to try new things like shorter form format like you suggested certainly Arun's got some idea of some more scripted content and really just trying to figure out what you like better and what you don't and right now we've been giving kind of the same thing maybe some guests in between here and there but I don't think we've really been pivoting a whole lot
1: right so exactly yeah so hopefully everybody likes you know the direction of the show. And if you don't, give us your feedback. We're willing to listen. But we want to give this an honest try for a quarter. One quarter. Three months. Right. And if it sucks,
0: you can send all hate mail to Haroon, H-A-R-O-O-N at HireSanderPodcast.com.
1: Yeah. Or leave a comment down below on YouTube. Whether you're watching this show on YouTube, make sure you subscribe, hit that like button, ring that notification bell, do all the moist, goody-good sassafras, or leave us an honest five-star review over on apple or spotify where it really makes our day the waitress tonight she sounded like she really was going to leave us an honest five-star review
0: oh yeah we met a waitress tonight yeah (laughs) we met a waitress we did so we went to houston's before to celebrate hayden's arrival into the team and in doing so uh she mentioned that she had done 75 hard which is andy Frazella's uh
2: explain that
1: explain that a little bit what is 75 hard exactly what does it entail like just committing to something for seventy five days, or is it a program? No, no, he has a real program, dude. He, I had
2: no idea what he was talking about. Really,
1: you never heard of seventy five R- really? hard? No, nope. no, no.
0: And he's got like a fucking app, a whole program that he developed. Effectively, it involves several things. I mean, I mean, I'm not gonna hit all of them, but working out, reading. I mean, it's really self development, and it's mm-hmm. all about kind of starting from building yourself from within, yeah. and then doing the things that build your mind, your fit, you know. Your
1: physical commitments, and it's not easy. No it's hard.
2: wonder I don't know about it. Well, have you heard? Have yeah, you heard that, like, that guy. <laughs> to to
1: to build a habit, they say you should be doing something for twenty one days. That's like the rule of thumb, right? But yeah. but um, Andy Frazella and his team over there, they've really carved out a, a niche for themselves, where it's like seventy five. Well,
0: I don't know hard. if you know Andy his backstory, but he went from uh, being a little out of shape to an in incredible shape. Because he did this himself and then developed the program mm-hmm. as a result of doing what he did. Yeah. So it's not like somebody's putting together a program they're like, hey, I live my life. And he literally transformed in front of like everybody on social media, and then yeah, it kind of caught on like wildfire. But anyway, she'd done it a couple times, failed, and then finally got through um, seventy-five hard one. And there's a program two that's after that, which is kind of like your next phase if you got through that. And uh, she was talking about that, but in the context of the conversation, she found out we had a podcast that she was really interested. And uh, hopefully, Heather, if you're listening to the show, uh, you didn't think we were total scumbags and left us an honest five-star review. And if somebody you're... leaves us a five-star review that is named Heather and it's not a five-star review, it's, it's inadvertently a one-star, we all know who to call.
1: And we know why. It's because you smacked that black card on the table. I did not. Dude, I, dude you, I, laid it, you laid it down. When you put it down, you were like, this, this is the card that's paying.
0: Okay. I was trying to quickly get it out of the way because i knew you two scumbags had no self-control i was feeling very saucy dude you walked in here drunk
1: i was i I was feeling myself a little bit feeling dude we were in the car and you were you were beaming i'm like why is i was so happy i was just missing drake was missing that's all i needed
0: i almost turned on drake music (laughs) in the car but i was afraid you were gonna go full like high school girl on me
1: (laughs) roll down the window i'm out the window Started vomiting outside the window. <laughs> yeah. You you were gone. What happened to you? I was feeling good, man. How many drinks did you had? Honestly, uh, I like I like I like the meeting we had with Hayden. I felt good. I felt confident. I felt confident with where the future of the show was going.
0: Mm. Arun, you were not intoxicated at all. Nope.
1: And he had the same amount of beverages as I did. I'm also a lot bigger than you. I did not say that. I honestly, I honestly that's not that's out. actually that. not true. I um not these. Days. How much do you weigh, Sa'id? Two hundred five, two hundred fifteen, somewhere between there. That's a big
0: gap, bro. Two hundred
1: 205. 205. <laughs> which one? Which one is it, Chief? It's probably two hundred ten. I have. I don't weigh myself daily.
0: Okay. All right. Two hundred ten.
1: Fine. We'll go with that.
0: Arun, how much do you weigh? Two
1: thirty-five. Okay. You guys are okay. I'm two hundred sixty, bro. I'm not okay. No, I'm not. I'm not. This needs to. I am two hundred sixty. I have committed. We, my wife and I, we did a vision board. Don't don't fucking. I did, First, the, no. I did the Patrick ben David no, vision board. No, if no, vision, no, hey, ho- Hold on, listen. Dude, real real people don't... Okay, you were not
0: in high school. Vision boards are wildly unacceptable. Vision boards? Hold on. Vision boards are better than resolutions, right? No. no they are fucking pathetic. Factually proven. I'm going to be the guy. They are fucking pathetic.
1: Factually I, every, proven. No. If you write
0: it down, no. you're more likely to do it. No. Okay, writing? Fucking... No. Vision boards... Okay, look. I'm gonna be this guy. Okay, you're know, that guy. Okay, Chris Crone has a fucking vision board. No,
1: no, that doesn't mean that all vision boards are bad. I'm gonna say
0: he's a world class piece of shit, but that's fine. I'm gonna say there's more commonality with world class pieces of shit and vision boards than not. And I know there's Hold a lot on, of we're good not people selling out there. a
1: vision board. No, I,
0: the whole idea of a vision board blows me away. Okay, it's my first one I've ever done. There are things that you want. That you put down in an image so you can visualize accomplishing these things. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. I have a
1: fundamental problem with I'll that. I'll be honest. So I'll, I'll, say, I'll, I'll say this.
0: You're you're putting a carrot in front of you to do the things you should inherently want to do. Yes. Because you're driven.
1: Yes. You should, and you need to have more a vision board shouldn't be the thing that causes you to be motivated to accomplish these goals. Now, what I will say Ugh. is. Yeah. Doing this, doing the, like, like it's not going to stick around. It's not like we hung this up in our house anywhere or anything. But it was a, it was a fun thing to do uh, with, with my wife where it, it was actually, a not, it sparked an amazing conversations where, okay, we laid out everything that she wanted to get accomplished. And it was like, okay, now let's discuss these things and see like what things can we put in place to make sure you are successful in achieving these. And, and you're not just listing out. Okay, then why not just set goals? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's
0: what a vision board is. Did you cut pictures out and put them on a board?
1: No, that's Patrick B. David. That's not us. Patrick B. David does that every year. I know. He
0: gets a big-ass stack of magazines, and he has everybody come in and cut out the shit that they want. Yeah. Here's the fucking problem. He has problem. his kids do it, too. Yeah, I know. Here's the problem, okay? I have younger sisters. Okay. The youngest one listens to this show. Okay. Hi, Persia. Shout out. Shout out. She has a vision board. Okay. And with no disrespect to my sister, who I love... On her vision board is a lot of tangible items. No, she wants a G wagon. She wants this. She wants that. Okay. Except for the problem for most young kids, Uh putting that on a vision board doesn't give you any type of roadmap and how to get those things. It just means you want those.
1: We all, everybody in society, even if they don't have a vision board, they all want really nice shit. Right. So I'll I'll put it to you like this: one of my one of the items that I put on my vision board. Was to at by the end of the year, was to be able to do, ten consecutive pull-ups in a row, okay. What does that mean? What does that mean? I know that there's a deeper meaning behind that, right? You need to be able to work out consistently and build. You need to also cut weight. You need to build up strength. There's a lot of stuff that comes with that. Why does a vision board help you do that? Why can't you just say I? Why can't you have that as a goal? No, I'm, i I I myself would do that personally, but for the sake of this and doing it with my wife. So what together, was your
0: picture Brad Pitt and Fight Club.
1: No, no, it, this, this vision board didn't include pictures. It was just writing on the board, right? So, um, that's, that's not what a vision board is, dude. Really? Well, that's the one we made. That's just setting goals. So, yeah, so we just set goals then. Arun, do you have a vision board? No. I've, on, never, pretty- I've never I've <sharp inhale> done it. This is the first time I've ever done one, and I'm not going to lie. Aside from the vision board itself. You didn't do a vision board. Aside from- Did you cut pictures out and put them on a board? No. You just wrote down things that you wanted? On a board.
0: That's goal oh, setting.
2: Are goal you so setting. mad then? No. Okay, Okay. let's say congratulations. Good job, man. Can't wait till you hit your goals. So that's what
1: we did. But more so than anything else, can I say this? No. (laughs) Instead of starting a new TV show... Chuckle's back here laughing. Instead of starting a new TV show and just wasting our time, it was a nice, healthy discussion between my wife and I where... No, I'm all for that. I got to know some, some deeper goals that she had in mind for herself and our family that were like, okay... Now, let's plan for this accordingly. Let's make sure. That's fine. Let's make sure. That's an open dialogue between
0: spouses. That's goal setting. I get that. Yes. Okay, but let me, let me tell you how I know you're a fucking hypocrite, okay? Me? Yeah, you. Oh, come oh, at me, bro. damn. Let's go. Okay, Arun. Yeah? I know you don't fucking like me most of the time. On this one, I can already tell you you're going to have my back.
1: Odun oh, has. When fuck. was the last time Odun set a goal for himself? Odun? No, 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 no! Don't be that fucking piece. <laughs> I'll be he that guy. Wow, you goals. fucking villain! Man. I am the he villain. Sets plenty of goals. What, in goal? Life. what goal? Tell me, bro. He he built. He wants to build out his
0: entire palazzo add on the second side of his house. Oh. He wants. Come to, on, he man. literally said it was. That's the not the even him. That's he, no, not no, him. No, that's it. his wife. Before the that's show that's his wife. Before the <laughs> show started, that's his wife. He said it was his goal to never wear shoes. that's a goal, Christopher. That's a that's a you're, personal you're goal. You're being for him. disingenuous. That's not disingenuous. You want to know what's disingenuous? Yes. Giving me fucking shit for scrapbooking, you motherfucker. When you're out here talking about creating vision boards, Wait, I, where I you cut, you gave me a lot of shit for scrapbooking. I didn't know shit. you were scrapbooking no, I like didn't a scrapbook third grader. Shit. No, fuck what you. you. <laughs> this podcast, we recorded that shit. I a gate got, down. I'll
2: be I'll be honest. I have no idea if you scrapbooking. Okay, stop. What are you scrapbooking? I, I didn't scrapbook anything. Wait, was this an episode where I was on PTO? I don't remember. No, this.
0: no, he gave me shit for what about cutting out stuff. Oh, oh wait, what are you? Just, say, what are
1: you cutting out I'm exactly, not, not, not doing this Christopher? You, bro. I'm I not, swear dude, to God, I don't remember I'm, this. you tried to big dick me in the conversation. I know you're doing I'm right be, now. I'm
0: being that's manipulative listen, as fuck. Listen, so as, so as, as, as the kids say, as the
1: kids say, I'm being dead ass. I have no idea what you're no, talking it's, about. It's dead ass. You can't say I am being dead ass. I'm I'm dead ass. There you go. Okay. I'm dead ass. I have no idea what you're talking. about My wife did
0: this today too, we were going to the gym and she's like, "I look snatched."
1: I've never heard this.
0: Yeah, what means you look like physically tight, and she kept saying "snatched," and I'm like. In my era, snatch meant vagina. That's that's. I was like, like, like that's that's, that's a that wild means, thing to say. Like, what Okay, so why is the new variant? We gotta go. We gotta go urban. You with gotta, gotta go old school for this. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it back. <laughs> like I'm just telling you, like urban like, dictionary snatched
1: goody goody good ones. <laughs> <laughs> that's the last time we like
0: that one.
2: Don't
1: read it yet. <laughs> oh, yeah, don't read it. Yet. Okay. This Used from, to take the place
0: of on fleek. Oh, that's good. Oh, I so if it. you said on fleek, snatched is the new on fleek. Perfect. On point. Or fashionable. I'm gonna be honest. I'm going to stick with On Point for now. Girl, your outfit is snatched. Your makeup is snatched. Honey spelled H-U-N-Y. They just. Hating. Hating because it's always snatched. Honestly, I'm not with it. I'm, s-
1: I'm still good with On Point.
0: Well, what was it? <laughs> you scrolled down. It was a whole lot of controversy. I'm glad we did not yeah, read yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, Holy yeah. Holy shit! Urban Urban Dictionary does not give a fuck about your your gender, your status. They 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 are going hard.
1: Yeah, they'll let you know how it is. Yeah, that's how it that's how it is on the streets. Who owns them? That's a good point. Can you
0: imagine? Just one dude in his basement. <laughs> <laughs> We're 20 minutes in. Know, Jesus Christ! All right. So, we got a we got an interesting show today. I got a lot of details which I think will be relevant to a lot of things you're hearing in the in the media, the mainstream media and some assholes on social media which if you've been checking those assholes accounts, I'm probably calling them out in their comment section and getting blocked
1: on the Daily. Have you guys been getting followed
0: by a lot of porn accounts lately? Is that just me? Just here. Just Like a lot
1: of these Instagram porn no, they, accounts, they only check they only they do they check my stories and I had to go out of my way early. I've been like, "Honey, I want you to know i block this, them all this ain't me like look i don't follow these people this is not me yeah. i don't know what this is yeah, that's, that's normal everybody gets that they're like yeah
0: you know they yeah it's it's dirty it's, it's, it's the a kind dirty game that ruin, bro like says he doesn't see but he sees <laughs> all right so recession avoided history says otherwise we're gonna get into history there and explain what that really means i know you're hearing a lot about hey man
1: hey we're gonna get a soft landing it's amazing no it's not that's lies Yes, exactly. I mean, how many times do they say a soft landing before a hard landing? Yeah, they're not snatched. Yeah. <laughs> God, bring <making> a full circle. <laughs> it's on fleek. It's I can't believe fleek's already outdated. I just got used to that term. It won't be a recession. It will just feel like one. Interesting. That, and that really plays into what we've been constantly saying on the show about there being an earnings recession and a rolling recession at the same time.
0: Then we're getting a little bit of an educational segment about uh, your Fed and how it spends money. The Fed reports a record loss for 2023 as an unprecedented economic losses. that never happened before amid the surge in interest rates, a point that Said had called out probably a year ago. Well, fun fact, year came to an end and Said was correct. Damn. Pains me to say it. You're so drunk right now you won't even remember anyone.
1: Uh, no, I'm sober now.
0: Yeah, no, you're not. <laughs> it's not sober October. No. Wall Street investors haven't actually bought 44% of the homes this year. And one of the most common themes, and I've seen this all through 2022 and certainly into 2023. um, Fun fact, this article that came out, I want to say it was December 10th of last year, really pushed us to the forefront of everybody's mind that, oh my God, institutional investors they're the reason why home values are so expensive. Shame on you, greed. You know, tax the rich, eat the rich, all that bullshit. And here's the reality, okay? And I know it's going to be inflammatory, but it's the truth. Okay, sorry. I am not sorry. That ain't true. And we have the data to back it up, whether you like it or not. And I'm sure there's somebody who's going to be like, okay, this guy's an attorney, a banker, all these other things. These are all the hated professions. So clearly, you can't trust him anyway. Right. But the data's there. Like it or not, it's real. True. And then, of course, we'll end the show on a wonderful new review.
1: Yes. Finally, an honest five-star review. Please go over and leave us an honest five-star review. I'm really going to whore that out today.
0: And I will point out that um being as how we only have one show a week uh, in the future weeks that are coming, yeah. um, uh, we can be really, really obnoxious and not have to worry about pissing you off for another week. So... <laughs> <laughs> Arun, I just want you to know if we don't get a review on a show moving forward, you're going to come in here with your shirt off.
2: Okay? I don't think the people want that.
0: It's not what they what they want, it's what they need.
2: Should we have Arun
1: come in and read that review? Too many words. Too many <laughs> They asked for you to be in the hot seat. I'm giving, you an, I'm giving you an out just I want to read put him review. in my
0: chair and then put the review right in the middle of the camera so he can't read it like I can't read it. So he gets And then it. just see him figure it out. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. fumble the bag. I don't fumble the bag. Don't don't be that guy. No, he'll fumble the bag. I don't fumble. You're saying
0: that I fumble the bag, so he'll fumble the bag. You
1: fumbled so many bags. That's just fucking bullshit. All the bags.
0: Wow, the quote didn't show up. That's okay. Recession avoided from CNN Business. History says otherwise. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Arun, you're quoting the next article. There you go. Let's go to the article on the left here and scroll down, pull it onto the right so I can see a little bit clearly here. Thank you, Jamie 2.0. All right, there you go. All right, investors are betting on a soft landing, a successful effort by the Federal Reserve to pare back inflation without sparking a recession based on strong economic data in hopes that interest rate cuts are imminent. Unfortunately, uh, the good news, recession fears are... Were widespread at this point last year, but economic growth in the U.S. has proven resilient. Yeah, well, so now we're starting to hear rhetoric that we're most likely going to avoid a recession.
1: Right. By this, by this point um, last year, we had thought that where we are now, we would have hit you know the beginning of recession. Remember, recession means two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. We ended the year last year with an average of, I believe, 2.6% GDP, mm-hmm. right? Positive GDP, yeah. and um, the lag effects have yet to come out and prove themselves. So
0: economists are eager to say that the U.S. has brought inflation rates down while avoiding a recession and to declare an official, quote, soft landing. I will point out one of those, uh, I wouldn't say economists, one of those individuals happens to host a show, uh, Jim Cramer, who has been wrong 100% of the time about pretty much every call he's ever made. Mm-hmm. And I want to point out that the data shows something that's really compelling. And uh, uh, looking at Bloomberg as just one example of kind of the macro market, mm-hmm. ahead of the 2001 and 2008 recessions, there was a tremendous amount of rhetoric. There was a notable, measurable uptick in media coverage saying that we had actually avoided or were going to avoid a recession. Right. Not dissimilar at all from what we're seeing today. And Ruin, if you could scroll down to the
1: bad news for me. Um, uh speaking on that rhetoric that you just mentioned, though, is what I didn't like and what we've r- routinely said on the show is that a lot of the talking heads and a lot of the articles that you could have found throughout the year was that the um, excess pandemic savings is what really propped up the consumer and that their spending showed that they feel confident about the future. And I'm like, that's not telling That's not a true depiction of what's really going on. Just because people are spending, does not mean they feel confident. They're racking up debt at historical rates, and that doesn't. That could very well just mean they're doing it to get by, or behavioral economics, where they're continuing to spend. What'd I
0: do? (laughs) You look like you're struggling right now. You got like a like a.
1: Frog in your throat or something? I'm holding back a coffee. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah. yeah. Let's, but just let it go, baby. Behavioral economics is really what's keeping them from continuing to like either stop themselves from spending, which they should realize they need to do, or it's just taking over, forcing them to continue to spend.
0: Well, look, let let's let's not forget this is an election year. Okay. There there's so much disinformation coming your way, it's gonna be compelling. Mm-hmm. All right. So quoting from the article, uh, past performance does not guarantee future results, but there are omens, warning signs that we have quoted on the show that I think hearing from a source like CNN Business is probably worthwhile to, I guess, reiterate those same concerns. The spread between the yields of the two-year and 10-year treasuries, they have been inverted since July of 2022, okay? When the long-term bond yields fall below short-term bonds, it means that investors are more nervous about the immediate future of a longer term. And that inversion is still the case today. Even through the volatility we saw in the treasuries over the last couple of months, the 10-year has still been inverted. And frankly, that's not a good sign. As a matter of fact, these types of inversions have preceded each of the last 10 recessions in the United States. Right. The last 10 times this happened in a row, consecutively, we had a recession. Yes. But- The talking heads in the media will tell you otherwise. And that's not the only omen, as Saeed pointed out earlier when it came to consumer spending. While the U.S. consumer remains resilient, Deutsche Bank data shows that credit card delinquencies are at their highest rate in more than 12 years.
1: Why should you care about Deutsche Bank?
0: Well, they are one of the larger banks in the country. They are uh, well in the world, frankly, for that matter. Uh, But more importantly, they have a tremendous amount of consumer debt and data analytics. Mm. Keep in mind, banks like Deutsche Bank not only have their own internal analytics, but they also get external analytics aggregated. Arun, don't scroll too far down because I got a lot more to go there. So uh, geopolitics, another concern we've expressed in the show, particularly when it was the very beginning, it was just Ukraine and the Russia war was a concern. Now you've got Israel and Palestine, obviously another concern. You've got recent attacks on Houthis backed by the Iranian government, which was an Interesting headline, fun fact, wartime presidents have a higher statistical probability of being reelected. And I think it's pretty clear from the data that we've seen going into this election year that the Democrats who are currently in office are deeply concerned that the polls show that they are losing in the potential running against someone like a Donald Trump, for example. So there's a lot there that I think will be exploited in the in the months and weeks to come, but don't quote my opinion here. Don't quote Saeed's JP Morgan CEO, Jamie diamond calls maybe the most dangerous time the world has seen in
1: decades.
0: Right. When he's speaking about what we're looking at in this particular year.
1: Right. So and now that we've established that, you know, uh, Deutsche bank gets their data, not only internally, but externally as well. Um, Jim Reed over there, he's the head of their global economics. This is also from the article said six out of the past 13 cycles saw that economic impact became most visible between 19 and 28 months after the first fed hike. Okay. Meaning that if we were to have seen a recession at some point in 2023, that would have been early.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. And I also think again, and I, This is pure conjecture on my part. You have 14 years of artificial interest rate deflation. 14 years. Keep in mind, prosperous economies like recessionary economies typically last 7 to 10 years from peak to peak, trough to trough. In that span of time, that's normalized. Now you're talking 14 years of prosperous economic activity that's prolonged, that's almost double the low average, and certainly more than the 10-year high average. What What does that mean? That means you've got all this additional growth that otherwise would not have happened had you had a normal cycle. Keep in mind, again, the economy is like a sine wave. It has ups and it has downs. It has right. ups and it has downs. And 400-plus years of aggregated economic data from sources all across the world suggest this is the way it works. Mm-hmm. And yet here we are, like—I shouldn't even say we. We are absolutely lying to ourselves because we want to live in this world where we've forgotten that recessions are commonality. And people will say in the media, the mainstream media— Well, we're now a digital world, and we're all digital girls, and things happen much quicker now. So the pain of recessions will be blunted, and they'll be much shorter. So we're not going to have what we had before in the past. And I would say bullshit. Mm -hmm. Not true. Let's go on from the article, okay? Quick question. Okay. Not reading. That's fine.
2: (laughs) It's before you started reading. If everyone knows we're in a recession, it doesn't count as a recession until the Fed says we're in a recession. No.
1: Not the Fed. The National Bureau of Economic Research, Right. Yeah, which, despite contrary objective
0: opinion, I think the entire world is waiting for somebody, in this case, National Bureau of Economic Research, to declare a recession and we we'll are go, oh, shit, we're in a recession. Right. But that's not the way this works. Typically, you live through the recession, and then they say, hey, you know that period that was really rough and fucked up you just lived through? Yeah, that was a recession.
1: Because they know that if you come out and you label a recession while you're going through it, right, you know, expectation influences behavior. Once behavior gets impacted, that now impacts inflation and ultimately Mm -hmm. inflation, right? So if – and typically what happens is when people know that you're in an inflationary economy and that you're in a recession and they think that inflation is on the way up, what do people do? Instead of doing what you're supposed to do by reduce your spending, they go out and typically buy and to keep it and buy it on the low end before prices continue to rise, which ultimately causes prices to continue to rise even further. Right. So it's really it's kind of like what Chris and I have been saying all along is Jerome Powell and the FOMC, they're really trying to manage expectations and trying to, you know, steer the public into the right direction without being 100 percent forthcoming.
0: Yeah. And I think that's going to continue. So I have two more points that I think in my mind are warning signs that I want to drive home, the last of which. I think uh, we'll talk about it later in greater detail, and I think there's a lot that's really not understood there. So the first one, uh, the S&P 500 rallied last year, but that's largely due to the power of the Magnificent Seven, which we've talked about at length on the show. The tech giants, including Apple, Amazon, Alpha, Meta, Alphabet, uh, Meta, Microsoft, NVIDIA, and Tesla, that make up the majority of the index and collectively soared well over 100% in 2023. The rest of the index, we take the average, grew about 3%.
1: And see, I had an issue with this, particularly, if we could take a brief pause. Last week, I made a reel for the show, okay? Uh And I made a reel for the show, and I said that, you know, the U.S. government primarily makes all their revenue off tax revenue, okay? And I said companies are going to be less profitable moving forward, especially in 2024. And we had a certain comment oh, Jesus that was Christ. very triggering, <laughs> and not—it was—it was triggering for me. But after after I let cooler heads prevail, I realized I look, i looked at the comment section. I was like, "Oh shit, side went off." Side so went off, <laughs> right? And I look, and I thought to myself, "Okay, this is a teaching. I think this is a teaching point. Okay, this is a valuable point that I feel like maybe you you are better at than me than ex- no, explaining this. response is great yeah. because." What I said was they're going to be less profitable, especially if you remove the Magnificent Seven that Chris just alluded to, Apple, Amazon, Alphabet, yeah. Meta, Microsoft, NVIDIA, and Tesla, right? Mm-hmm. And the, comment re- the the person responding to me said, oh, of course, if you take out your data, then all of a sudden it proves your point. I said, okay, well, hold on here. I'm not trying to remove data to skew the numbers to prove my point. I think that if you look at a concentration, and if you're looking at the S&P 500, and if it's primarily made up of seven companies, okay, that's, that's a concentration. And when you remove those seven companies, those figures are completely different. Yeah, I think it's very valuable to, to look at it that way because those seven companies are they – don't, they don't explain what's happening to the nation as a whole or companies across the nation. It's for them particularly because they're based on futures right? They're based on technology and what it can provide for the future. Mm -hmm. So really their valuations have to do with what they can do for us or the company can do for people in the future.
0: Yeah, it wasn't always that way, certainly, but yeah, that's absolutely true. So I look at it more as saying like, look, I've heard smarter people than me, fixed income traders that only buy blue chip stocks that are all about longevity. They They didn't buy Facebook when Facebook started. They didn't buy Apple when Apple started to grow. They want to make sure they invest in things that are here for the long term. Mm -hmm. People like that, that have told me, hey, look, if you remove the Magnificent Seven, which is largely traded by behavioral economics and the public perception in a lot of ways, certainly more so than the rest of the S&P 500, you remove them and you've got 3% growth. It's not that spectacular a year for people that are looking to invest in non-sensationalized behavioral economic trading stock. And I will point out too, which makes this even more challenging, is now more than ever, behavioral economics, the way people feel, encourages trading. We've got way more retail traders, in large part like you know Robinhood democratizing the space. You've got way more access. And because of them, E-Trade and everybody else rolled out platforms that were now commission-free or you know, significantly cheaper than they had been. And now access by the mainstream is significantly greater. And that behavioral trading is now encouraged by forums and chat rooms and Twitter and spaces and all these places where people can get together and talk. But this is behavioral behavior trying to do things like manipulate prices. And in some cases, it can play out in a big way. GameStop, for Mm. example, right? Right, exactly. These are not shocking because they happened.
1: Yeah, well, I know and a lot of that, is, that the part of, about that that bothers me the most, though, is like it's all based off of hype, right? And, clout, maybe. Yeah, clout, right? And like you can't ever predict that clout, you know? that that That's just no different than like the value of Bitcoin. Well, yeah. You know, like. That, I, I'm still fucking stunned there's a Bitcoin, there's an
0: ETF. Yes. I, I, I cannot. You got Charlie Munger. You got uh, Warren Buffett. You got Jamie Dimon. All out there just bashing it, bashing the shit out of it. Right. I mean, some of the, and look, you can argue these people all have reasons to not like it, but the fact of the matter is they don't like it. Arun, if you can go back to the bad section before you move on to the next article, I know you won't have it. The you, bad news you right here. Yeah. You can scroll down, scroll down there. Thank right you very much. up there. Yeah. So another political fight to avoid a U.S. government shutdown is also possible this year. Of course, we know the government's not going to shut down. There will be an 81st extension of the debt limit up to a higher number, and the country is still running at a historically large budget deficit. Remember that. We're going to circle back to that at the end of the show. All right, let's go on to the next episode. It's the Wall Street Journal episode, I believe. Article. uh, Article, yeah, sorry. We're trying something new with the audio tonight, and it's really (laughs) fucking with me. I got to be honest. (laughs) It is. We turn the noise gate off, and I can hear the hum. We're trusting the boy. Yeah, well, Hayden's idea. We're going to... He just wanted to run it through. He didn't say it was going to work perfectly, but um, I got to admit, it it sounds... um, it's fucking with me on this end. It is, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, Arun? I hear the hum. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's, it's worse than it
0: was
1: But before. maybe it'll be better in yeah. post.
0: No? Arun, mute your mic real quick.
2: That's my wire again.
0: Is it? Mute, mute it real quick. No, it's not better. The hum's no, still there. It's,
2: it's
1: steady. Yeah.
0: Hopefully, when people hear this on the streaming platform, it's like, I don't hear it. It's stupid. <laughs> That's because we removed it. Anyway, so it won't be a recession. It will just feel like one. This from the Wall Street Journal article. Not episode, sorry. Economists in a survey pair back probability of recession but still see anemic growth and rising unemployment in 2024. This, to me, is like, uh, okay. We talk shit. We said there was going to be a recession in 2022. We talk shit said there was going to be a recession in 2023. We, as economists... We're going to take a safer bet this year. Yeah. It's going to feel like a recession, <laughs> but it won't actually be one. But it won't actually be one, right. This is how fucking sideways the rhetoric when, is. When I,
1: read, when I read this article, it, it immediately reminded me of uh, BlackRock's t- 2024 outlook that we went over. Yeah, it's very similar. Yeah. Very, very similar, right, in tone. And what it's really pointing at is the growth that's been being printed out there right is not really growth it's just cl- us climbing out of the mess from 2020 from from the pandemic i'm sorry so you did read this article just to be clear i did read this article okay. it's the, the wall street journal it's behind the paywall that i paid for <laughs> <laughs> there's so many paywalls now so many paywalls with it's you ridiculous with bro. you all the paywalls
0: Because i got the apple premium subscription so i use all the apple links but i gotta admit i'll go to like a desktop computer where does that subscription run to-
1: run through i don't know bro. which car does it run through
0: it runs through my uh, darker one <gasps> <laughs> the, the tan card that I have. That's not tan.
1: That's not tan, though. It's certainly it's, uh, it's
0: a certainly. You told dark... me tonight you only have one card. I do. It's a darker complexion than the other cards that I have.
1: It's not a complexion. I don't know which
0: one that it is, but it, it. it's certainly a darker one. Got it. Um, the reason why I include this article, just so you know, as a friend, you know, just you and me, Arun wouldn't do this. I include this article because it proves you were right
1: oh, man!
0: Thank when you me. quoted me.
1: Oh, what a <laughs> <laughs>
0: One reason a growing economy may still feel to many like a recession is the wide dispersion in performance across industries, cyclical sectors. Those most sensitive to the economy's ups and downs are likely to struggle in 2024, even if there's an overall economic contraction, economists say. Mm-hmm. This is a quote now. Cyclical sectors of the economy are all pulling in the reins of unemployment. And we look for companies to further tighten the reins as they lose pricing power, said Kathy, I'm not going to say her last name, chief economist for Nationwide Mutual. Mm. A quarter of economists expect manufacturing to see the weakest job growth this year, while 17% cited retail and 12% said transportation and warehousing. Those are all cyclical sectors, the majority of economists said. Healthcare will be the sector with the strongest job growth in 2024, while 11% cited leisure and hospitality. Mm -hmm. Okay, I disagree with leisure and hospitality, but let's just go ahead and say, look, first of all, you know what, I'm going to go into the leisure hospitality thing. If consumer discretionary spending is pulling back, okay, Yes. and people don't have as much money to spend because we have the highest credit card debt in fucking history, over a trillion dollars, Okay, why the fuck is leisure and hospitality going to stay
1: high? That makes no sense, economists. Yeah, just uh, like I said, that's why it reminded me of the 2024 BlackRock outlook, right? Wild prediction. Wild prediction. So the growth that we've seen is really us climbing out of the mess from the pandemic. Really, the job gains that we've been experiencing on average, I think somewhere around 200,000 jobs every jobs report. The
0: jobs report is bullshit. I cannot say this enough. Do not
1: believe the jobs report. Things are not good. More more jobs reports have been revised down than saying that they've been actually accurate, right? Yeah, they sometimes, are not accurate. Sometimes revised down not only once, but twice.
0: And if you want to get real good insight into the history here and you want to see data as how they've been revised down and not covered by mainstream media, go to Zero Hedge. They have a fantastic article on
1: this they do and if you look at where the jobs are now and the job growth that we've been experiencing and if you remove the pandemic this is this is from the uh the black rock outlook we've really only had there never been a pandemic we've just been keeping that steady pace we're actually not even where we should have been assuming there's no pandemic yeah I agree so so like this is right where we should be assuming there never never was a pandemic so again, to
0: compliment you, complimenting me, complimenting you, this is really suggesting that Gen we are Gen. walking into something that we may rephrase from a cyclical contraction into a rolling recession, Right, which we've talked about many times in the show. You're going to see different sectors impacted at different times as this rolls through the economy. Now, they might not say it's a rolling recession. They might say it's a cyclical contraction. Because everybody's afraid of the buzzword recession. Nobody wants to be the economist holding the bag who said, I said recession three years in a row and we didn't get one. Now
1: they're like, fuck, we said it two years in a row. This year we're going to say it's going to be like one. We didn't (laughs) say it was going to be one. Because they understand the weight of that word, right? Like that literally will influence behaviors of consumers like nationwide. So if I said recession, people would be
0: more concerned, more hesitant, and slightly afraid?
1: Not not us, but yeah. Hope, I wish. Maybe
0: not I us. wish. I wish it were us. It's gonna be a recession. Be that motherfucker. No, don't do that. R.I.P. We can't. You can't use that on social media when you drop the motherfucker bomb on the it's end the of the it. It's the Bernie, bro. No, you can't. I know you want to do that. The problem is, I post some of these on LinkedIn now, and I can't post these these on LinkedIn. Don't. You, don't I think you're above this shit. You, I'm above the cussing. Yeah. What's wrong with you? Oh, no, you're right. <laughs> Dumb motherfucker.
1: Dumb motherfucker.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's roll to the next article. We can spend all day long looking at charts, but so, I got a lot of charts coming up.
1: So one thing to keep in mind, just for like context as far as numbers go, um, right now, as of the December 2023 jobs report, we're at a 3.7% unemployment rate. Okay? Yeah. Just to put that into context, the Fed predicts that by the end of 2024, we'll be at a 4.1% unemployment rate. Everyone thinks, well, okay, that's just like z- z- zero point what you know five percent, zero point four percent difference in unemployment rate. I've seen a lot of layoffs in the last month alone, and we knew that that was going to happen, right? People waited for the holidays to pass. You saw a city. Uh right, Citibanks coming out yeah, saying Jane
0: Fraser fine everybody.
1: Hey, she's letting everybody know I'm not messing around this mm-hmm. year. What was your name?
0: You're <laughs> fired. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. I didn't know your name. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. You're fired. Yeah. Right? Ooh, how long have you worked here? Yeah, you're fired. So <laughs> what exactly <laughs> do you do? Yeah. So uh if let's just to put into context, a 0.6% increase in unemployment would roughly impact a million people. So if you think that these small percentages don't impact people like the masses, you're wrong. A million people will lose their jobs and I don't know, like they might be in specific sectors that are just now getting impacted that they won't be able to find another gig immediately right away. Yeah. And then you don't know the
0: implications of something like AI, which is going to be like kind of wide sweeping and change things over the next couple of years. And it's not slowing down. Right. It's getting a whole hell of a lot worse. Right. So I don't want to dwell on things. I want to keep the pace of the show crispy and fast
1: and high resolution, high
0: resolution audio. I like saying crispy high resolution audio back in the day. I know I was like beaten
1: down for it, but I thought it was a good Nobody listened to that intro, man. Nobody Crispy High Resolution. You had radio voice, like it was bad, man. I don't have radio voice now. Had past tense? Yeah, it was bad when it was like scripted like that for you. It wasn't that wasn't who you are. I don't feel like scripted. You gotta be me. you gotta be off the cuff. That's more you. Yeah. That's true. Arun, what are you eating back there?
0: Why? Why, are you laughing? why is he eating he's not eating anything he's holding up a roasted chicken is that a rotisserie chicken <laughs> what turkey. is that turkey like
1: tur- Turkey be like what god damn it <laughs> by be- the way i saw that i saw the movie what movie? society of the snow so this is what it was about fuck you watch loki don't <laughs> fucking talk about anything any no. this shit no. no it was incredible it was fascinating it was incredible you know what it was Okay, I, I guess a movie had been made about this before. It was about the the Uruguay rugby team in 1970-something. That everyone defend. dies. Uruguay. Everyone Uruguay. Everyone dies. Don't... <laughs> everyone, no. The story came out. They couldn't have died. Damn. It was so fucking intense, man. Fuck you. It, my, my ass was puckered Fuck up for like two you. hours. I was like, come on, man. Okay, Somebody- first of
0: all, I'm glad that your wife picked the show to watch. The movie. Good for the it movie, was a yeah. movie. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Want to know why? Why? Because for weeks I've been telling you to watch Loki... This fucking guy comes in one time, gives you one fucking one
1: minute, and you watch this shit. This guy? No, it wasn't. It was somebody else. It wasn't even him. He Who? Did. I told you it was. Uh, it was actually his cousin and his and her fiance.
0: You racist motherfucker!
1: No, he he was Iranian. Been, I thought, so I thought you'd you'd be like, oh yeah, that's my peeps. What? Why not? I've been telling you to watch Loki. You invested two hours in this movie. I prom uh, two and a half hours. That's two and a half episodes of Loki. I promise you I will be watching Loki. No,
0: you were, man. Don't promise me anything. Don't don't do that on the radio.
1: Not <laughs> radio. Great movie though. You should watch it, man. Not a whole lot of character development, but I liked it. It was good enough. You tell me you tell me it's a great you know, fuck you. All right. Let's That's how good it. the story is. You no, don't need the character I development. I don't want the
0: story. I don't care. You should watch Loki. <laughs> Fed reports record losses for twenty twenty three amid surge in interest expense. site. Once again, called this one. This uh from Reuters. Don't don't are you flexing right now? I called this shit. Was that was that an attempt at?
1: How long ago did I call this? Be honest. You called that
0: um, over several, a year ago. Several months ago. I don't know. If it was a year. Yes, it was over a year ago. I did call that. Okay, we're all going to sit in silence where you talk about yourself. Please continue.
1: <laughs> no, please read read the article. We'll get into. No,
0: it. I would like to hear more about yourself.
1: What? No.
2: And we listen to you all the time.
0: <laughs> it's amazing how you didn't have chicken in your mouth when you said that.
2: <laughs> I swallowed.
0: You want to tell him about the pork you ate earlier or the alcohol that you had?
1: <laughs> Hayden. Yeah. Hey, aren't you Muslim? He did. Yeah, why? Yeah, yeah. we sat down, and ordered the ribs, and our new editor Hayden goes, Hey, aren't you Muslim? What
0: are you Bro, doing? Bro, I mean, he does talk about it on the show all the time. It was a very logical question. Hey, I listened to your show. Yeah. You've often touted your sponsorship of the religion, which, again, he's not judging. He's just saying, I'm confused. I had the beef. You, they were not beef. They were pork the ribs. I had, I had you you had the beef. Had you the and I both rib. had cow. Yeah. And he had dirty piggy. Yeah. It's <laughs> so funny.
2: Rib. He so caught me off guard. I was like, yeah, I'm Muslim. Why? He's like, what'd you order? Like, what are you eating? I was like, ribs? Is that a mocktail? <laughs> 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 yeah. As a matter of fact, it is. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. Yeah, yeah. You know what?
0: I'm just saying, like, you know, the words you say on the show do have meaning, Arun. And I want you to know that it impacts people's lives. And when you are disingenuous and you lie to them about the values that you uphold, it comes back to bite you in the big hairy ass.
1: No, no. Odun is very,
2: very honest with his approach. I'll ask you say a question. Cause I know Chris will argue the case. Yes. Oh. Have I ever said I'm a good Muslim?
1: No, it's not, it's not a matter exactly. of that. Right. Like for my, <laughs> we, we don't have those. We, I think that's spirituality and your, your beliefs. Obviously like you can't uh, manipulate a religion to fit. Like, your certain lifestyle, I don't think that you should be able to do that. But it's some it's spirituality is something that is very personal. And as long as for me personally, if I'm being 100% transparent and honest, whatever it takes for you to be, you feel to be the best version of yourself, please go do that. Okay, Let, I respect that.
0: Let's have this conversation from a religious standpoint. All right, let's just rel- piss off everybody. We're going well, on one episode of weeks, we'll well, have a week. Well, to what recover. religion are you this week? I don't know. Probably <laughs> probably Buddhist. <laughs> this week? Yeah. <laughs> There are some ideals that I think religions had in place due to the needs of society at the time. Mm-hmm. In Muslim culture, porks probably carried a lot of diseases, a lot of bacteria at the time. Absolutely, there were. It real... wasn't just
1: Muslim though. I mean, I think I think um, what's it called? Jew- People who are Jewish also don't eat pork. Very very
0: cautious around saying the same. Yes, there, there's there are lots of non-pork eating based religions. Yes, there is probably a huge Whole litany of explanations of how this developed over time. Right. Uh, I will also say there are cultures in India that don't eat cow. Right. It's likely to be the same set of circumstances that there were real tangible reasons over time that these things were moved to holy, as opposed to you know there's a reason you shouldn't eat them. I mean, there, there's a lot of reasons. I think it all comes down to one thing: is that there were ideals and needs of the society at the time that re- required that. Mm-hmm. In today's day and age, there are elements of every religion on the planet that no longer needs those safeguards in place, and you can absolutely observe that religion, even though you might be eating pork or drinking alcohol or eating cow. I don't think that makes you less of a Hindu, right? I just think it makes you a modern variant of it. A modern variant, right? Exactly. Why is it okay? And for it? Relig-
1: it's not up to us to judge, right? Like at the end of the day. Oh no, I judge everybody. You do? Yeah,
0: really? I judged. I judged him a lot tonight at dinner. I'm like this fucking guy. Really? Not only is he incredibly handsome, but he knows how to throw it down.
2: Thank you, man.
1: He You're is welcome. incredibly handsome.
0: Yeah, fucking head of hair in that motherfucker. It's it's enviable. I, I, honestly, it looks like a wig. He That's how thick how good it is. He has it. That bush. I haven't seen his scalp ever. That bush. <laughs> I mean, it's. I mean, if the, the carbon patches the drapes, holy shit. You know, I'm impressed. <laughs> Let that hum sink in.
1: <laughs> oh, boy.
0: All right, let's get back to proving um, <laughs> the Said right. Uh, rising interest income expense pushes the Fed Reserve System deep into a record loss last year. A record loss. One predicted by the economist, the Nobel laureate known as Said Omar. The central bank said in preliminary figures released on Friday. Fed income after expenses came in at a negative. Woo, ready for this one? $114.3 billion last year versus the $58.8 billion in positive income the year before. Mm. The loss was tied to a jump in. That's right, everybody. Said Omar called it. Interest expense forced by the central bank amid rate hike
1: campaigns aimed at cooling inflation. So one thing to keep in mind for everybody, after the Fed can, pays, you know, the, the staffing and everything else that they need to pay for, any profits that they make go to the U.S. Treasury, right? Which ultimately helps taxpayers, which ultimately means that they don't have to borrow as much money in securities. Mm -hmm. But if there is a loss, what does that mean? That means the Treasury is not getting a paycheck at the end of the year. And that ultimately gets passed on to the taxpayers or the Fed deficit or the national debt deficit goes up even higher quicker yeah this is kind of fucked up
0: so if you lost money you know
1: if if you
0: lost money uh you would uh have spent more money than you made right that'd be a negative right and uh if you're lucky you can put it on credit or something like that and then you can pay it back with future earnings right but that's still a loss economically to you you're gonna have to find a way to pay it back and that's gonna cost you money the government, well, they do it slightly different. How do they do it? They uh, they book what's called a deferred asset. Mm. So you're taking your excess spending, which is a negative, bad thing, okay? Not an a liability, right? right? And this end-of-the-year liability, you say, you know what? It's a deferred future positive income when we get paid back.
1: You know what it feels like? You're it, writing
0: an IOU to yourself. It feels like akin to an unrealized loss it is in fact an unrealized loss with a return to money to you because you're going to expect a future gain
1: on that loss. It's fucked up. You know and they know that it is because they understand that this is all cyclical. It's just part of the process. Eventually we will be making it back once the rates do come back down and then we'll take the profits from then to pay these off,
0: which ironically is probably way the way my stomach fat thinks about me losing weight.
1: Eventually it's coming off.
0: Yeah, and it's going to come right back. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly yeah why
0: even why waste it why lose it just hold on to it i, I gotta be honest with you i uh i have uh been grown very from comfortable and familiar with having belly fat and i gotta tell you I, i'm i'm a warmer human being now so <laughs> as much as i would like to be aesthetically pleasing for all of you i find myself to be a um uh, a more well-rounded human with a little body fat on me
1: right Something to keep in mind, these... Um, wow,
0: you just totally fucking dismiss what I said. This negative
1: a $114 billion that uh, that, we, that we just cited, these aren't mark-to-market losses. No. Right? And do you care to explain to people what that is? So if
0: you have a loss, like so, for example, um, if I bought bonds yielding 5%, mm-hmm. and I bought them for $100 million, but currently bonds in the market yield... right? those bonds that I hold yielding less money are worth less than $100 million that I paid for them. Right. They're probably worth, let's just say in this example, $80 million because I can get higher returns buying other people's bonds. Mm -hmm. So that $20 million delta from the $80 billion versus the $100 million that I paid, that would be a mark-to-market loss. I would have to mark what I paid versus their actual value. So paper losses? Uh, Well, no. Or, Or real cash losses? It depends on if you have to sell them. Yes. There are paper losses until such time as you have to realize those losses. Right. When you are forced to sell them, you realize them, and that's an actual loss versus a paper loss. Yes, Unrealized versus realized. Realized, paper. I'm sorry. Unrealized, paper. Realized, real. Actual losses.
1: And as a reference point, the Fed's true mark-to-market losses are actually over $1 trillion. Who cares, right? It's just numbers. I mean- Every senator I know is a multimillionaire. millionaire The system's fine, man. You know. We're going to be just fine. I always think of that meme with that dog sitting in the house that's burning on fire. It's, just, this, it's fine. I'm it's fine. It's a very morbid meme. I, you have to think of it, though, right? No. You don't no. think of it that way?
0: My memes are more racially motivated.
1: Racially?
0: <laughs> 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 I'm kidding. Sarcasm, please. <laughs> Total sarcasm, okay? <laughs> I'll tell you. There's, I don't know if you ever looked back on the spectrum of memes over the course of like the last 10 years. Okay. I would say memes were really fucked up like five or 10 years ago and they've been washed a little bit. Now they're like sarcastic and witty, but they're not as like inflammatory in a lot of ways. Okay. We, we, society's gotten soft.
1: Yeah, It definitely has. And I like, I love the fact that comedians out there are like. You know, staying true to themselves. You
0: see what um, Kevin Hart said after Joe Coy bombed and at his... Dude, he
1: bombed. So he took that on 10 days' notice.
0: No, no. I, I don't blame Joe Coy at all, for the record. Yes. Kevin Hart's statement, I think, put it in great context. He said something effective, like, look, you can't go to those things as a comedian anymore.
1: Only person that could do that was Ricky Gervais. He, he crushed it, and he know why? Because he doesn't give a damn about anybody in that room. Right, whereas someone like Joe Coy still wants to work in Hollywood, right? Someone like Kevin Hart actually works in Hollywood. So, but someone like him who does not give a damn about anyone in that room can actually deliver. That's why they've they brought him back four times.
0: I'm gonna be pointed here. It's um it's the cold hard truth, kids. Unfortunately, whether we like it or not, Hollywood is One of the biggest peddlers of woke bullshit.
1: Mm.
0: Okay, I don't care about people's opinions and feelings on this context. I truly believe the next generation of kids are being manipulated by a college system in foreign countries that are actively working to divide this country. And frankly, if you look at the division, not only amongst age groups, but just in politics alone, it's getting exasperated every single day. Right. And Hollywood has become this weird environment. And look, there are some parts about Hollywood that are fucking dark and disturbing. The Harvey Weinstein's of the world, that should have never fucking been
2: allowed. Mm -hmm.
0: This, This male dominated society should have never been allowed. Right. But peddling your content to woke culture is not the way to move forward. And Hollywood just really goes over the top to cater to public
1: opinion. That's always a problem, right? With the overcorrection is always it goes too far the other way, right? And
0: comedians who were who are literally just trying to poke fun You're at, hired to tell jokes, to to take shots across the bow at people in a jovial way about things that are real but also funny that they're real. That the,
1: about people that take themselves way too seriously. Yeah. You're you're actors and actresses. Okay, let's not get, At the end of the day, that's what you are. And if someone's poking fun at that, like that's what the cameramen at this show. At, at, it was the Golden Globes, right? Yeah. Um, they deserve the award here because they really tell the story. When Joe Coy was bombing on stage, and they pan over to the audience, which is full of these celebrities. You could see that they're all checking to see if it's okay to laugh. That's
0: bullshit. And that, Which that's is part. so wildly wrong. This is why I can't go to some shit like that. This I'd be laughing my ass off in the back.
1: Yeah, and I'd be laughing at the joke and I'd be laughing at him bombing. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> While
0: shoving pork in Ruin's mouth.
1: <laughs> why? <laughs> why you gotta bring that back? You've been too silent, bro. Yeah. I don't know what's going on
0: back there. Maybe you're get sobering up or some shit, but we need to keep get, getting engaged, okay? <laughs>
1: yeah. Did you even see this, old dude? No, I haven't. Dude, the, here's the thing: like, you can't even begin to paint Joe Coy out to be not funny. He literally sells out Madison Square Garden. Okay, no, so Joe Coy's funny. He's hilarious. He had
0: ten days. Yes. He wasn't the only writer of those jokes,
1: N- and but I didn't like that he did that. I what? did not like that, when that he on it. He started he to bo- he started to bomb, and he's just like, some of these are mine. Some of these are the writers, and he just threw the writers right. Bro, into he the took bus. it on ten days' notice. And that's all you have to say. Why you gotta Why you gotta mention, bring up the writers? No. Okay, look. That's not right.
0: Hold on. People are stupid, okay? I'm sorry, people. It's not you. It's the other people. Y'all mother. <laughs> <laughs> right? Your mommies and daddies are stupid. The majority of America really needs, they need to be walked through shit, okay? And Joe Coy like, look, I did not, believe it or not, despite popular belief, you might not know how Hollywood works, okay? I did not write all this shit. There's a teleprompter in front of me. Well, it's impossible. 10 days notice. I mean, come on. No, most of America's dumb. Most people are like, oh. They're, most people don't even fucking realize he's reading off a teleprompter. Right. They don't realize this shit's scripted. They're like, oh, this guy had some inflammatory shit. Right. I, look, I, I, don't, I don't think Joe Coy should be demonized the way that he is. Honestly, I think you should bring him back to Bombs bombs again. Fuck it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, he ain't welcome back there, bro. Why? There's no way. Because I, I honestly think because he, he threw the riders under the bus, he's out. He didn't throw the riders under the bus. He, he shared the responsibility. Okay,
0: uh, you his and I... His career
1: should... Okay. You and I get this. Okay, look, if you're you a writer... You in I get okay, this, but in that, in that realm, in that, that's not how it operates.
0: Okay, fuck that. If you're a writer and you wrote a joke that fucking bombed and my jokes went off, okay, and I'm the one standing up front, I'm the one who got fucking lit on fire, mm-hmm. but I read your joke, fuck you. You're lucky I didn't name you. My writer was Saeed Omar, okay? <laughs> Here's his email address. is Saeed at com. So S-A-I-E-D. Fuck him. <laughs> That's what I would do. You're lucky as Joe Coy. He's got more integrity than me. I like him. I do too.
1: He's a good joke. He's, jo- he's a good joke. He's a good joke. He gets <laughs> he gets away with murder too with all his in- impersonations. He's a, why is he allowed to do
0: that? Because he's Asian, so he he people perceive an Asian making fun of other Asian communities. That's okay because as okay. other Asian
1: like that's why. But that in and of itself is racist that we can let this Asian make fun of all the Asians. Like that's fucked up. You're Asian,
0: <laughs> so I can. Which is wild to me. I was having this conversation with my wife the other day. My wife is Filipino, which is arguably Spanish and Islander. We talked about this in the show before, okay? Okay. She defines herself as Asian, and I'm like, mm, if you're really Islander, okay, from like right. Tongan,
1: Samoan, adjacent, well, bro, you ha- We have to check a box. What do you want me and to check? With
0: Spaniards. There's th- no other. No, fuck the box. Uh, uh, others okay? not there. Okay. Do you check the Asian box? No, you don't. You check Caucasian. I do check Caucasian. Okay, I know. I, I, can, try to, I hey, can see the I, Caucasian right in your We're eyes in right, right now. I'm not trying to compete I, with the Asians. I see the Caucasian in your eyes. I'm not trying to compete you with those You a GPA for that.
1: <laughs> exactly. I'm not competing <laughs> with these Asians.
0: Oh, he looks way better with the beard, though. Koi was saying, right? born Caucasian father who was in the United States Air Force, uh, stationed in the Philippines, where he married Koi's Filipino oh, mother. Oh, you know what was the worst part about this? Yeah, he basically.
1: His, his, his mother was in the audience. And like that was like a dream for her, her son for Joe, uh, Joe to perform. Oh, in. she's still proud. Come on, man. No, she's still proud. But you don't want to see. It's uncomfortable,
0: man. No, look, he's got It's nothing. not uncomfortable. I'm sure I'm sure she there was some like if Carter's on stage bombing, you're gonna be like, come on, man. Bro, I'd be that asshole in the audience clapping. <laughs> Fuck you, Tom, stand up. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Carter, tell him, get my yeah. wife's name out your goddamn
0: mouth. I thought for sure Pedro Pascal was gonna was going to mimic that when he said that uh Macaulay Culkin's little brother Kieran Culkin beat him up. Yeah. I was waiting for Kieran Culkin to walk on stage and fake slap him and say, Oh, keeps my wife. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. It would have been good. The fact that nobody did that is such a, I mean, that's the one joke nobody wrote. Uh, come on, guys. It's the, still relevant. Where do we apply next year for the right jokes? We could do it. You think they'll have us on? I mean, the rotisserie chicken shtick I did with Arun earlier was gold. It should be. You sleeping back there?
1: Sleeping <laughs> back there? <laughs> he just Again? Like, he doesn't like it. Leave him alone, man. All right.
0: Should we go charting? Just go charting, bro. All right, we're going to make this fast because we don't want to go uh, too much longer on time because most of you hate us as it is now. Yeah. This is according to Housing Wire. This article is not new, but uh, Logan wrote it a while back, and I thought it had some compelling data in it. I will admit Logan is on the side of the home builders. Your BFF. He is a, a real estate-friendly economist. He works for Housing Wire. So I mean, what pretty- does
1: that mean, a real estate-friendly economist, bro? Come on, break a- it down. Tell every ha-
0: economist is employed by somebody. It's like data in research in the healthcare industry or in pharmaceuticals. Somebody is paying for your work. And if Pepsi Cola is paying for you to do some research that happens to benefit them, if it goes a certain way, you tend to lean a certain way because you want to do all the other research that goes into whatever it is you're looking at. hmm and unfortunately, that's the political side of science, which kind of fucking sucks these days. And unfortunately, being an economist is no different. That's why when Lawrence Yu, the National Associated Realtor's Chief Economist, speaks, I'm like, eh, it's great assault. Right. When Logan speaks, I'm like, all right, he's uh, generally pretty good, but he's on the side of the home builders and the real estate economy. And he works for Housing Wire, which markets to the real estate sector, which, again, I like Logan. Lots of respect. Lots of valid points. In this one, he's absolutely not wrong. But again, you have to take a grain of salt. So- Let's go charting, shall we? Mm-hmm. The article, no, Wall Street investors haven't bought forty-four percent of homes this year, despite what you see on social media. This housing myth is easily disproved, and he did that. The first chart below, or in this case, if you're watching the YouTube channel, somewhere between side and eye, so we can't make out with one another, right? Chio? Chiao. The first chart below, provided by Freddie Mac, shows where large institutional buyers rank as a percentage of the marketplace. As you can see, even if you add them together with iBuyers, which is not the same thing as institutional buyers, they are a tiny percentage of the total home buyers in America. In fact, institutional home buyers, those who bought 100 plus homes in a 12 month period, didn't even reach 2.5% market share at the peak level. In this data line, which goes back to the story, uh, in the, back to the start of the century. So back to 2000 to now, they never, it never happened.
1: So where were people pulling this number from? Where is Where was the confusion? Well, how do you get to 44%?
0: There was, uh, I want to say it's a couple, there's a, a news article or some shit that came are out. They,
1: are they considering and taking in multifamily as residential?
0: Well, I, look, so I think they... If I were to guess, and I've never seen the data that which conclusively really ties this all together, frankly. Okay. It's all been like everybody on social media saying, you know, this and banks are the fault and attorneys the devil and, you know, institutional (coughs) home buyers are doing all this shit. Right. I'm not butthurt by it at all. Uh, But the reality is, I've never seen the total aggregate data. If you want to take like Airbnb and smaller property buyers, like maybe like uh, investors in real estate, landlords, if you will. Uh, And then combine institutional – I mean, you still don't get anywhere close to 44%. So I have no – 30% of the market is investors, okay? So there you go. Broadly
1: investors. So is it because it's held in an LLC? Like, what are we talking about here? I I don't know the logic. I mean, you
0: you would really, really struggle. I mean, based on what I know historically of the data, you would really, really struggle to get to 44%.
1: We cited on the show early when people were hoping that when, you know, the Fed started to raise rates and, um, you know, owners of Airbnb units were no longer – turning a profit that there could be a collapse in airbnb and ultimately reduce you know bringing values down because people would have to sell their airbnb units that would create a market crash we early on we said airbnb only takes up one percent yeah they're not they're not again they're not a huge part
0: of the market some markets certainly a little bit more than other markets but that being said yeah the people stop need to stop finding a way to blame things
1: they everybody always wants something to point at they want to
0: point at the thing and be like hmm Son of a bitch. The, this one. This one. It's always, These rich fucks did it. That, that's always the answer. How easy is rich this? How easy fucks. is this? It's Wall Street's fault. Yeah, it's the institutionals' fault It's them. What does that mean? What is the institutionals? Yeah, does that make you feel better? Ooh. Yeah. Oh, Black Rock. Because they sound powerful. They are powerful, though. If it was, I don't know, White Sponge, you'd be like, oh. White Sponge? Scrub Black Daddy? Rock? Spo-
1: Scrub
0: Daddy. Scrub Daddy's. <laughs> the shit you bro. use it right i use it i, I use do. it too i, I, I don't hate. i don't want to I i'll be honest i tried to hate on it I'm, okay my wife right at home i was like get this fucking smiley
1: shit out of here and yeah. then i was like these are amazing yeah they got scrub mommy too that's got, what, that's the thing i'm married bro i can't use that <laughs> buy the scrub mommy honey i can't i can't do that
0: <laughs> no Is there boobies on it
1: <laughs> for,
0: for tight spaces it's just the body <laughs> Arun is so not. Hey we, hey,
1: we should create our own sponge.
0: <laughs> this sponge? No, I don't want to hear this joke. you can get both of us in trouble. Stop. No, please, no stop. please stop. Please stop. I can't. I can't cut this much space out of the joke <laughs> I do not find this joke funny. I'm laughing at the fact that Arun's got a chicken in the background. <laughs>
1: He does it though he does he does
0: not <laughs> why are
1: you doing this So this you guy? can't
0: flip me off with a palm forward okay that's flipping yourself off
1: i <laughs> can't do this
0: all right the overall market share of investors has grown since 2000 and is currently around 30 bum, percent, bum, bum, as seen in the chart to my right side's left but if you're on a streaming platform, the vast majority are small mom and pop investors. So this is
1: what we've seen. This is kind of our bread and butter over at the institution where I'm at. This right? is
0: what we do. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and again, the majority of investors aren't people who are buying 100 plus units per year. It's a small,
1: smaller mom and pop. Yeah, smaller mom and pop, right? That have really utilized the Burr method, right, over the course of however many years. Yeah,
0: without okay, again, Burr is a sensationalized new term that people like Thatch and those guys are really kind of went knee deep into yes but, that's, but
1: that has been the strategy for decades yes exactly that's just what they've now that that methodology has been coined as that right so it's just like yeah. buying on it for a long time taking the cash out and flipping it and doing it over and over again
0: so a couple more charts both of which from john burns if you've never been to john Burn, john burns real estate uh, great data that comes from them um i'm not sure how much of it is pay to play versus non-pay to play but great stuff the first chart here uh, from John Burns Real Estate is another great illustration of this point. You can see the percentage of home buying by big investors; those with a thousand properties or more is actually tiny. Mm. Again, the bulk of home buying for many years has been tier one investors, so those buying one to nine properties a year. Mm. And if I'm being honest, up until call it 2020, 2021, 21, I would have been a tier one investor. Okay. That would have been me. Am I an institutional investor? Am I balling out of control? Am I BlackRock? No, no, okay, no, right. I'm Black Card baby. May! But let's say, <laughs> let's say,
1: let's say a company like BlackRock, right? If if they, I mean, it, they would be a fool to not dabble into this space, right?
0: uh I mean,
1: yeah. It really comes.
0: It's not economically viable for them, honestly. Because, now, well, no, not even now. Not the home prices themselves. The management of them is much more complicated. It's not all in one spot. It's not centralized like an apartment complex. Okay. If apartments were a viable option, they probably would have gone that route. Single-family was, in recent years, just more attractive from a return on an investment standpoint than apartments were. Yes. Apartments got so aggressive that the capitalization rate, which is one variant to compare like investments to other investments, and, and that was very much utilized in the multifamily space, it got so, so, so low mm-hmm. that- the people who were lending you money to buy them the lenders were making more money on that property than you as a person owning it yes so they looked at this scenario as well as where rents were going and keep in mind when they started buying single family properties in the midwest the midwest doesn't really go vertical because they have so much land there's a lot less apartment complexes a lot less density in apartment complexes in the midwest versus the coast like miami like new york like los angeles so it made sense in the last several years to start kind of dipping your toe in the single-family pond. But again, not a significant portion of the market despite popular rhetoric. Right. So shall we round out the article for today? Let's do it. The viral story telling Wall Street has bought 44% of the single-family market homes this year is laughable at best. The 1,000-plus block buyers accounted for just 0.4% of market share in Q2 of 2023. There is nothing in the data to show that Wall Street has been the big buyer of homes in the United States since at least 2000. If you want to pin the blame on someone, you're going to have to condemn those avocado... I can't even say Avocado. Avocado toast eating kids, the millennials, who started buying homes in 2013 and were the largest percentage of home buyers until mortgage rates rose in 2022. Yeah. So... Not to put blame on the millennials per se and I like avocado toast so fuck that I'm in. Yeah. But what I will say is they're just the largest population who were of buying age and they were buying.
1: Yeah, I mean up until up until recently over the last 2 years, I believe the average age of a home buyer was was around 30 years old and now that has now crept up to 36 years old. So, and, then, and that's primarily because of the affordability crisis. Oh, I've seen it firsthand. It's terrible.
0: All right, so we got a review from Leo the Scorpio
1: 888. Ooh, fire. This pod is fire with five fire emojis and, and five, five stars. Five yeah. stars. I see yeah. what you did there. Leo the Scorpio.
0: Gang, gang. Does the sign matter? Is he, is he a Leo and a Scorpio, or is it Leo's name? I mean, and he's Leo's a Scorpio? Leo's
1: the name. Solid name, yes. too. Yeah, I like Leo. Yeah, I like that name. Um, Only I, Champions. <laughs> I love listening to you guys every week. Hopefully you continue to do so. After this if episode. it's only once a week, once a week, but make sure mm. we're trying to get you to cross over to the YouTube platform too.
0: Yeah, we're gonna say, listen, if you leave us an honest five star review and you don't subscribe to our YouTube,
1: it's not honest. You're on, exactly. You're not. You're me. honestly not honest. You're honestly not a true fan of the show. Go over there, and yeah. leave us a comment too. Right. Yeah, Arun, you want to read this review? What are you doing back? I, you I, were on your phone, weren't he's, you? He's, he's, he's yeah, been on he, yeah, one. Never. He's been all one. What
2: were you no, doing I back then? I've been cutting back and
1: forth. He has been cutting back and forth. No, all right, go ahead, read the I review. Seen it I off. want you to read,
2: read the review. Yeah,
1: yeah. Pray <laughs> to God you don't make a mistake. Go ahead, no pressure.
2: All right, here we go. Uh, this pot is fire. Five uh, five fires. I love listening to you guys every week. I love how you guys break everything down and make it fun. Not boring like a lot of these other uh, people make subjects. <laughs> Like Financial Literacy be The fun, playful atmosphere makes these topics easy to digest. You guys know when to be serious and when to crack a joke. Mm. And for me, that's the best recipe for learning style. Especially for someone like myself, who is just now getting my feet wet and learning trading stocks and investing. Also, I find it hilarious how Haroon's voice sounds like Grover from Sesame Street. (laughs) Is that why you did this? Of course he did. (laughs) You son of a bitch
1: You're such an asshole Bro You are such
2: I didn't get why You are such an asshole You know he wrote this review himself too. Did you? Keep up the good work guys I'll be this, listening
0: when I,
1: read, when I read this review I'm like this fucking guy called it <laughs> Yeah. That was what a weak move by you, bro. You're such a villain.
0: Hey, I didn't insult him. Okay, I just asked him to read it. No, yeah. You, yeah.
2: Let me see your burner accounts.
1: Yeah, let's see the burner.
2: Trust me, if
0: I had a burner account, it'd be a lot worse than that, Grover.
1: Come on, man. Sunny days. Leo the Scorpio coming out. My guy. Uh, that's why. That's cool. Hey, but he spelled your name right, right?
2: He did. he did He did Thanks Chris Shout out
1: G-R-O-V-E-R Shout out Leo DJ Grover <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> For, Again I'm going to hoard this out For our Apple mm-hmm. and uh, Spotify listeners Please head over and leave us an Honest Did you notice Serbia. we didn't
0: do the intro this week? Huh? We didn't do the intro What do you mean? We didn't do like this is the number one financial
2: literacy podcast in yeah. the world yeah, That's no, how we drunk we were when we started No it's just a very serious tone My partner in crime Yeah Very very serious tone to start the show was it serious? But I made
1: sure I hoard out the the podcast reviews.
2: Yeah, you went early with the hoarding. You got You got to
1: foreplay a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You like foreplaying, huh?
0: I do. I think it. Uh, I think it makes the uh, climax better. Let's of see. the show. Of course. I mean, really, Say I can't have a serious conversation without you taking it someplace it doesn't need to go. Okay, Mister Withering. Sean Withering spoons. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this guy's rocking some of the most iconic sneakers of all time doesn't even know the fucking name
0: you know truth be told when i when I ordered them i didn't realize they were uh corduroy
1: what are you talking about
0: oh corduroy yeah yeah i know yeah they're like little corduroy on the in the shoe i, I got they, I got they look pair. very different from a
1: distance yeah they do yeah yeah they look like they're um i don't know you want a pair of these <laughs> what are you doing you said that's a setup I know, you, I know you well enough what to you know. Time, uh, That's a, yes, I would like a pair, Chris.
0: I, I'm sure I got a pair in a size six. There you go.
1: What? See? There it is. There it is. There it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Took me a long time to find these. I know. Yeah, good for you, man. Well, um, I feel like this is an end of an era, a chapter,
1: shall I say. We have not missed an episode in two years, my friend.
0: I have extremely strong reservations about going down to one show a week. And I belabored the decision for the greater portion of probably two or three months, maybe even longer. Uh, But I do think it's a worthwhile test to see if those of you who listen to the show really find that cadence to be more valuable for you. Mm -hmm. So please, again, no sarcasm here. I'm not gonna make fun of anybody. There'll be no rotisserie chicken jokes. Uh, If you find that the cadence is better, let us know. I mean, DMs on social media, great. Uh, obviously reviews are always welcome. But any anyway, you can always also email us. It's it's really our first name at higher We don't hide that. Right. Send us a message. Let us know if you like the cadence, if it's gonna cause you some kind of emotional damage or not. Right. And your thoughts. And if uh, if you want us to go back to two, we will do that but we are going to give it a solid three-month commitment to see how it all looks. We yeah. do know that we'll take our numbers down on the streaming platforms, however.
1: But give us give us about two weeks, because, we, look, we will be putting a lot more thought and effort into the episode, so it's not like we're just trying to reduce our workload. It's, I am. It's more so to you know provide better content, a little bit more in-depth analysis, and a way to better prepare everybody on how they can move forward. Okay, well got anything Odin
2: uh I actually did find something interesting I thought it was funny Chris will get a kick out of it we're talking about Kramer again yeah and I saw this statistic over here okay
1: over the course of its lifetime which started in early 2021 the inverse Kramer shorting strategy has achieved notable success with an overall return. Rate of 83.32 percent in the last 32 weeks, it has also proven lucrative, returning 15.81 percent. For those of you that don't know, Jim Kramer is a talking head on CNBC, famously known for mad money, uh, famously uh, infamously known for a lot of bad calls that
0: he's made in the past. I truly believe Jim Kramer is a troll that the entire market internally gets, and that the consumer doesn't realize is you're literally just trolling. He is 100% wrong 100% of the time. It is astonishing. There was an actual Jim Cramer. We're going to invest based on his predictions fund,
1: and it closed. But the inverse fund is still open. And crushing it. Yes. Yeah. Wild, man. Those returns are crazy. They are. He doesn't look healthy, man. He's yeah. not the same anymore. Do you notice? I don't want to put that out there.
0: You, the last time we were, you were in my office, you said he looked like he had cancer.
1: I, you put that out there. What? I I'm, I'm said he did not look healthy. You said cancer. It, it looked cancerous. He, I will yeah, say. I said, I said he was a cancer to see. In your, in your defense. Like you're a cancer to the team. Don't, don't try to back like, up. Like you're a in cancer your de- to the team. In your defense, team?
0: he looks pale. He's gotten very, very skinny. He's certainly a little bit less animated energy wise. And the whole sleeve rolled up, sweating, constantly like stressed, the anxious look that he's got going on doesn't really help. Yeah. So, yeah. but his, the performance, like, Honestly, he is atrocious. They they should really rethink their strategy around his show with no disrespect to him. There's no value in there in that. And on there there are podcasts bigger than ours, obviously, that that get way more views than, than anything he can provide. Traditional media is dying. Right. And the fact that someone like Jim Kramer has a show is a great example.
1: But if he wants to come on and clear his name, I'd be Oh, great. yeah. Welcome to the show, brother.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, we love you. You're, we're big fans. <laughs> I watch you every day. <laughs>
2: Why are you laughing? Every day. I do watch him every we day. We do watch him. I cuss at him while yeah.
0: he's on mute. Suddenly. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I mean,
1: watch nonetheless. Yeah. Listen,
0: you have an extra viewer because I cuss at you on CNBC.
1: Yeah, every day. On mute. That's good, dude. Nice pull. You got anything? Lots of things.
0: My first thing is good night, everybody.
1: That's my amb- Bye. Yeah.
0: No, higher pitch.
1: Bye! That-
2: Perfect. <laughs> <laughs>